Podcast, me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with my man, Greg Romero Wilson. Hey, buddy. We got Don Fry, who had successful surgery. Went to, uh, hopefully he actually comes. Says he's coming. So uh, I probably have to text him and be like, hey, Fry, we're, we're starting. Uh, sometimes he doesn't know when, you know, like what time it is when he's like in the same yeah. state. You know, so. Well, you know, that's the thing about Arizona is their time frame versus, they don't do daylight savings. Yeah. So sometimes they're on the same time as California, and then sometimes they're an hour later than California. And so it, it, it and you know what? I, the worst is, and this has happened to me before, when I don't, you don't realize that the time difference is on, and you're traveling to do a gig, yes. and then you cross the state line, and you're now an hour late for the fucking show. 100%. And then you're just staring at, the, at, at your phone. Like, yeah. Like, 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 you, like you betrayed me, or I'm, I'm looking at it, like, waiting for it to come back. Yeah, uh, it's the worst. And it's happened to me like four times when I'm like, I'll be there, I'll make it in time. And they're like, oh my God, I got to And then and then it's like, I literally like drive up, park the car and have to go in and do an hour. Oh, not good. Kind of reminds me when my wife, uh, the first time she got pregnant uh, was like, she was like two months, we were dating for like two months. And oh, wow. she, she texted me like her, her, her pregnancy test, you know, it's basically a, a screenshot of it. So I'm pregnant right. and, I kept, and I kept looking at it as if it was going to change, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was not even like, I kept, looking at, I kept looking at like the picture. I kept looking at the picture. I must know I'm talking about her because literally she's calling right now from France. Um, so I just kept staring at it. So uh, anyway, uh, how are you doing, man? I, I'm good, man. Had a great weekend of shows up there at uh, Laughs and in uh, Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento and had a great show in Chico, which apparently some MMA roasted fans came out and uh, were at the show. And I, You know what? They never tell me that they're fans of the show till after the show. And I'm like, I wish you'd tell me before the show because then I would do some of the voices you know, that they enjoy hearing during the show. They're like, oh, you know, you didn't do, uh, uh, what, you know... Um, uh, the one we're talking about there. Yeah, Hector Jr. <laughs> Hector Lombard, yeah, Hector Jr. or or Don Fry, Greg Fry, or any of these. You know, they they love these voices. I love doing them, but I'm like, well, if you would have told me before the show, you know, hey, we're fans, I would have done thrown some of that in there. So I never know, and I always feel bad that I don't give them a little bit more of the the the, the stuff from from this this podcast. So that was fun, and then. When I, uh, we got to, to Friday night, this was the best part. I want everyone, I'm going to tell you this story, and then I want people, the video is on my IG. The club made a great edit of it because what happened was the girl that was opening the show, she's from that area, Sacramento, and she's talking about her, and she's this, this lesbian gal uh, named Sydney Steigers, and she's talking about how her mom is a teacher a high school teacher there, uh, and now you know she's been single her whole you know her whole life. She's like, uh, neither my mom or me has had any dick in twenty five years. And they're like, who's your mom? She's like, Mrs. They're like, oh, we had a someone in the audience is like, oh, we we had a Mrs. Steigerts at our school. Oh no! And they're like, 
wait a minute, wait a minute. You know Mrs. Steigerts? And she, the girl in the audience goes, yeah, and Miss Steigerts was a hoe. Whoa. Yeah, and she's like, what? What are you talking about? And she, That's hilarious. And she, and she goes, what, what high school? Did you go to Center High And they're like, Center High School? We're all teachers at Center High School. And they start going bananas. And she's like, no, like, yeah, she was a hoe and all this. And she's like, what? Okay, so then the next, co- my feature comic comes out, uh, Kalea, who's, who's a, a, a black lesbian c- comic, very funny, super awesome. So two lesbians and Greg. So then I would, and so Kalea gets up there and she goes, First of all, ain't nobody better say my mom's a hoe or I'll fucking check you, right? Okay, so then she does that. Then I come out and I'm like, uh, and I say, uh, yes, I am the third lesbian comic on the show. <laughs> okay, and then and then I and then I go and start asking them about this this Mrs. Steigert stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, so who is? What makes you think she's a hoe? Who was she fucking that made her hoe? And they were like, oh, the whole football team, the teacher. The teacher and the football team. So I'm like, oh! So then I do a thing where I'm like, and you were wondering why that team won state. <laughs> what motivation? And then I do this thing like, go team, go team. Like her jerking off the whole team. And That's like, you guys got this. Big game, big game. So, and the audience went wild. So there's an edit of it. The, the, the club caught all three on camera and t- put an edit of, of the whole pro- progression of it. If you want to see it, it's on my IG at Greg Romero Wilson. It was it was so hilarious and wild. It, it really was just so much fun. Nothing like uh, pedophilia to bring the whole, you know, place together. Which I, I, yeah, exactly. You know, it's so funny. When it goes from, the, from her on dudes, it's almost like, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's funny you talked about, that's hilarious. It's funny that you talked about, um, the MM, about uh, the, our fans. Cause I, I usually know who the fans are because it's usually by themselves. <laughs> by themselves. <laughs> And they're wearing like a pride shirt or some like, you know, some type of, and I can just tell, and they look like they haven't been out like to anything social in, this is like pre-quarantine, or. I guess I just don't notice that much. I don't pay attention. Or they're with a girl that does not want to be there. Like, right. like it's like annoyed, <laughs> annoyed that like, this is the guy <laughs> that this person listens to. Like, you can just tell. They're, they're usually with like a couple exceptions here and there. Uh, but for, the, for a lot of times it's like, but, and they're laughing and they're loving it. That's the thing yeah. about, about podcasts. Personally, I think that like being like, look, being a good comic is being a good comic. And being a good podcaster is being a big podcaster. And sometimes now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, you want to get booked on my comedy show? How many podcast followers do you have? And a lot of times people are disappointed because they're like, oh, this guy's the funniest person on the podcast. They go there, they're like, what the fuck? These are the same five stories this person told in the podcast. You know, this is not a comedy show. Yada, yada. However, it does like when, you, when someone listens to you for an hour a week or two hours a week, they do feel like they know you. Um, so a lot of times jokes that like, they feel like they're in on the joke every time. They're laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just dying laughing, you know? And I think that's why like, you know, uh, McCorkle, I know, not to bring up your, your, your best friend, Brandon Schaub, but because huh. he, he was touring in front of his crowds, they felt No, like- absolutely. When, you, when you're already playing to your fans, yeah. that's no challenge. They're gonna love you. I mean, I call it celebrity leeway. I mean, when they think you're fa- when you're famous to them, they'll let you drone on and on and on waiting for any semblance of a punchline. But that's the thing. It's like when you're talking to your fans, they're dying laughing and you're getting not necessarily a false sense of comedy, but they're just laughing. Then all of a sudden, your stuff goes on Showtime. People who are not your fans are watching it and they're like, 
wait, what, why, what's so funny? What am I, what am I yeah. watching here? And I yeah. think that's kind of what happened in that first special is people that were not fans of the podcast were like, I, I'm not in on, I don't, I don't, I don't understand this. Where people that yeah. listen to him every week were like, this is fucking great. This is the guy that I listen to. Like, yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, I don't know that anybody thought that, but I did hear, uh, <laughs> I did hear, I heard Bill Maher, they asked, uh, Howard Stern asked Bill Maher, who I can't stand, either of them really, but uh, I can't stand Bill Maher, but he said, they asked if he ever gets nervous before he goes on one of his shows. He goes, no, because everybody there is already a fan. He said, I'm not going around touring with new people showing up to my show. He said, if they paid, Fifty or hundred dollars my ticket. They already know what I'm about. They know me. They, you know, support me. Said so. I don't have to impress anybody. You know, and he does a good job of not impressing anyone. No, one of the one of the bad things about podcasting is it used to be back before I guess even the internet. But like you would see how good a person was by like they would go to the comedy cellar or they go to this or some you know a really good club and some guy that had a lot of TV credits or had some type of other success would go on after a really strong comic and get buried. And, and then it would be a huge wake-up call. But those things don't really happen anymore because yeah, yeah. Those, those comics don't have to go there anymore. And they're like, fuck that. I'm not going to a place where I got to follow X, Y, and Z. I'm just going to go and do my show. Um, yep. And that's, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, there, I mean, as much as, like, I hate to be that dick, there was something, Greg, there was something kind of fun about watching a comic that never had to really go through those, like, hard knocks that would then follow a really good comic. You're like, Oh shit. Then. Oh, uh, oh, it was a, it was a, it was a deep, uh, deep pleasure. What, what are they? Fraud and short. <laughs> Fraud and short. What is it? Uh, I, uh, I know what you mean. Schadenfreude. Yeah. Schadenfreude, uh, where you derive pleasure from someone else's pain. Yeah. And, and that's what it would be like because they go up there acting like, and you saw this a lot. I'll tell you the club that did this a lot was the laugh factory. Yeah. The Laugh Factory, if you were famous, they would put you on stage. They didn't give a fuck. But then sometimes you would have to follow, you know, a Dane Cook or a Joe Coy or a Adam Hunter or Greg Wilson. And you would find, and watching them struggle was, was, was a delight. Michael Richards, before he got busted with that whole thing, uh, you know, he used to do it all the time. And, and I would say six times out of seven, <laughs> he would, he would he yeah. bomb. Yeah. And then one time he would do pretty good because everyone's like, oh, my God, Michael Richards. You know, but usually he would get up there and just struggle. And I'm like, yeah, because you don't deserve to be here right now. You don't deserve to be on that stage. Yeah. You know, you didn't earn your place up there through stand-up. And so it was, it was always a lot, kind of a lot of fun watching him just fall face first down the mountain, you know? Right. You know, 100%. So we did our, our show. I did the show at the Laugh Factor. No, yeah. I like Comedy Club last week. So basically I was like, uh, I pitched Dana an idea of, Let's do a comedy show where we have, I'll host it and close it. So I'll bookend it, do 20 up front, 20 on, on the back, and then a time in between. And we'll have fighters on because people aren't going on Fight Pass. I want to see fighters. So I picked, uh, I picked Chael, Henry Cejudo, and Dean Thomas. Those are the, those are the comics. And, and you've worked with all three before already. Like, you've coached them up, haven't you? No, no. Dean, I've seen do comedy plenty of times. So he's I done. You specifically coached up both Henry and Dean and Chael at one point. No, the only one that I worked with was Chael. I, uh, I, worked, okay. I worked another huge comic right now who's touring. I'm not sure you want me to say that now, who, who's killing it on the road. Uh, but no, a huge fighter. Uh, but Henry was the guy that me and Henry sat down and, and we worked on his stuff, right? And, um, and I, I always like, and, Henry's a, and Henry killed because he's, he's, a, 
he was, but he was nervous. Both him and Chael were sweating. Like Chael had to give Henry a, a massage in the back to like, <laughs> calm him down. Hand uh, to, hand <laughs> to. Okay. He went up there. I got listen. I've got a lot of massages in my life. None of them were a must. Okay. Had, no one had, had, had to. End, and the happy ending, I think, was his his idea. But it was right. one of those things where. <laughs> Dude, it was uh, it was so much fun because my, my first special on Fight Pass was during COVID, and they, they put the Apex. It was two hundred people that fit, but they only only gonna have thirty because they had to cap it at 50 yeah. and twenty whatever. Everyone was wearing masks. They were six feet ahead, away from each other, no drinks. And then the crowd was like, it was Brendan uh, Moreno uh, with like nine guys from Tijuana who were great, but I'm not even I'm not sure if a lot of them spoke English. And then it was Mike Perry in the front with his pregnant girlfriend. Who <laughs> like, was literally four feet from me? Who? Um, Let's be honest, we're not sure he speaks English either. But. Right, I was gonna say his girlfriend, you know, which you know, or, or some might say hostage, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. Was, I think he was her. He was her like conservator, I guess. And, and then, uh, and then it was, <laughs> and then it was, and then it was Dana, and everyone was wearing masks. Like, so it was one of those things where I'm like, man, this. I've done enough road shit gigs where like, but this is not what I had an idea. Like I pulled it off, but holy shit. So this, and then it was a lot of people from like accounting, so from account, people just got like, hey, what are you doing? Come here. You know, people were walking by, come sit, sit down and watch a comedy special. This one was like, I packed it with all fight fans. It was Misha Tate was there who I, I just grilled, uh, but in a fun way, Jake Shields. Cause I go, Misha Tate was in labor for 72 hours, which is like one Jake Shields fight. And then, <sighs> I was like, Jake, you put so many men in the hospital after your fight to get a plan B. Like, I just fucking was killing. Aljamain was there. Uh, yeah, I saw that. That was pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, so I was like, Aljamain, act happier. You're obviously really great at acting. Like, just killing. <laughs> and uh, it was so much fun. And then there was Natan Levy, who's Israeli, sitting like three feet away from Bala Muhammad who's Palestinian. So I was like, uh, are you guys gonna be okay? There's like thousands of years right now. <laughs> but it was awesome. Like it was, pro it, 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 I hope that, I hope they edit it right, I'm sure they will, but it was one of those things where I was like, yes, fucking, you know, this is exactly, cause I, and I had like 20 minutes of MMA jokes that I'd never done before, like out loud. Yeah. That was the hard, yeah. because you know, Greg, I mean, you do three new minutes, it's hard. But when you do 20 minutes taped, front of a, a full crowd that you've never like, it, I'm pra I, normally I don't have to practice my jokes. Like I practice them once or twice and then I kind of like, yeah. out. but it was fun because I was like, John Morgan was there and who's uh, always said, you know, John Morgan, the writer. And he's always like, that's not making fight for us. Or that was, <laughs> so <we came> <laughs> let me ask so, you this. Do you, can you see Al Jermaine doing this in the future? Because I, you know, he's got personality. He's a pretty funny guy. I, I could, you know, I, I do you think do maybe it. he was kind of scoping it out to see if he could do it too? I asked him to do it. He wasn't supposed, he was not going to be in Vegas at the time. He got hurt. He hurt his neck. Uh -huh. um, and then maybe, yeah, yeah a lot of guys, I think Juliana <laughs> Pena wants to do one. The next one, Daniel Cormier, cool. a lot of fighters. And I, I told Henry, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to let you go up there. Like, we're going to get you ready. You know, dude, I, we have to do the flip side of this now, and they have to train us to fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. That, that is really just an exit, and really, they should be a companion. <laughs> Fighters doing comedy and comics fighting. We got it all on Fight Pass. <laughs> That's hilarious. You can get neither with Brendan Schaub. Exactly. I hope they do. Please. <laughs>
So let's yeah, talk about. Yeah, because he's not good at comedy or fighting. That's what I was getting at. All right, never mind. Uh, let's talk about Brandon Shaw, by the way. Right now, McCorkle explains the joke as if no one got it. <laughs> oh, when there's no laughter, I just assume maybe they don't understand. So no, I have to that's not it up. usually what that means. I, I just like, <laughs> at this point. So Brandon Schaub is fighting Ariel, I know, with, with Ariel Hawani. They're going yeah. at it on. Uh, <laughs> and I talked to RJ Clifford, by the way, who, uh, who helped with the, the podcast, by the way. Who helped with my show on Fight Pass. did a great job. Um, the thing about like, when like, people talk shit to each other, fighters, there's always a fight at the end. So it's like interesting. But when two like now personalities do it, you know Brandon Schaub is not going to fight Ariel Hawani, and there's sort of like a you're like, what what am I? Why am I invested in this? Like and um, I, plus I, I kind of felt like Ariel was like killing Brandon Schaub so much that I felt like I was being attacked. <laughs> he's like, dude, he's like that was it was that was so brutal. I don't even know if I would have felt comfortable saying it. Like it was that was some of the realest, most hurtful stuff. He's like, let's be honest. You do see it all, and it affects you. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that's he got real, man. He's like, "How's your?" Oh, he did. He like stopped the whole. Yeah, there was not even a show at that point. He was right. just. He was like, "You know what? I didn't want to say it, but here it comes." And the, <laughs> yeah. thing, the thing that amazed me was that it was three hours into the. Like, how long is this? <laughs> Who is listening to a three-hour? And then it's not like there's a co-host or, or other, and he's so boring. I don't, I didn't even finish the part I was interested in, which was him beating up on Shab. I was just like, who, who who can listen to this for three hours without falling asleep while driving and running off the road? I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't I don't get it either. I you know I don't understand what the beef's even about. I'm not even sure what because Brennan Shop said he was fired. Oh, even if he was fired, who gives a fuck if he was fired? We I've been fired from every job I've ever had. <laughs> well, this podcast has been on like nine different networks. I mean. yeah. <laughs> I talk Ariel in depth about it. I know what it's all about if you want a quick synopsis. All right, give me a synopsis. Talk to me. Uh, Brendan Schaub has been trashing Ariel here and there, just repeating anything Joe Rogan says. And Joe Rogan had originally said that Ariel Hawani promised he wouldn't release the Brock Lesnar uh, info that the UFC gave it to him, and then he released it anyway, which isn't what happened. Someone close to Brock gave it to Ariel, and Ariel tweeted it out before they could announce it at UFC 199, which I was at UFC 199. I'll be honest with you. When they announced it, no one cared. Like it was just everybody was just like, oh, Brock's gonna fight again. Cool. Like, no, the crowd didn't go crazy or anything when they yeah, brought I was the there little too. video out. But yeah. Oh yeah, you were there. Yeah. So. Um, you were there they, too. Greg, no one. Yeah, nobody cared. So then, uh, but Shab has been saying nonstop. It's all over this whole piece. They wrote out some guy at Bloody Elbow wrote a piece about MM, like about Joe Rogan. Is it needed now? Like for the UFC, you know, blah blah blah. Which is dumb because it's obviously funner with Rogan on it than it is not. Uh, but then Brendan Schaub, of course, has to try to equate himself with Rogan in every way possible. So he's like, you know, when you attack someone like super famous, like me or Joe Rogan, um, he's like, when, uh, you know, guys like me and Rogan are so rich, we don't care what you, you know, say, you know, or whatever. And like, he, he just tries to put himself in the same class over and over again. So he attacks Ariel saying that MMA media and starts saying he has to have 17 guests on his show, which if we got a three hour show, you probably do. Have to have 17 guests. But uh, Ariel called him out on all his stupidity. Like he pays people to go eat tacos with him. It was amazing. It was, I loved it. <laughs> Got it. I didn't even have a dog in the fight besides I can't stand Brendan Shaw. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like you definitely had a dog. <laughs> I have a $10,000 dog in the fight. <laughs> I think you have a dog in every fight. Got it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I mean, uh, whatever. Uh, not, not, anyway, boxing match. Did you guys watch the fight? 
The, the big box. I, I did on a stream that someone sent me. That was nice. Like that was a really high quality stream. <laughs> Got it. Um, man, that was. I kind of felt bad for Wilder. I did. I was. I was hoping Wilder would win. The, look, there really should be two weight classes in this in this heavyweight boxing because Wilder was like two twenty five. The other guy was two seventy five. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of like, yeah, he won, but he's fifty pounds bigger. Well, they did used to have super heavyweight. Right. There used to be a super heavyweight division specifically for this. But again, obviously, as boxing completely declined in interest around, you know, around the world, then you know, they, they kind of just did away with it. But Tyson Fury is not human. I mean, not to, to – I mean, it was an awesome fight. Probably the best heavyweight fight I've ever seen. And uh, I don't understand – Tyson Fury is just one of the – like, when he got knocked out that first fight and just came up, like, he was knocked out. Like he, his eyes were closed. Like, like then, the Undertaker, he just yeah, rises up. Eyes just opened <laughs> up and sat up. I've never. I'm like, this dude is not human. Have you ever seen anything like that before? Uh, Me? Great. Yeah, you, you. No, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was crazy because I really thought he was out there. I'll tell you, I wouldn't feel too sorry for uh, Deontay Wilder though. Save your sympathy for me because I had a hundred dollars on Wilder go. winning. $100 on Wilder winning both in the fourth, fifth, or all three, sixth round that paid between 40 and 80 to one. So I was looking at 4,000, 6,000, or 8,000. And as soon as he knocked me down the second time, I was like, dude, this fight's over. Like, even if he, yeah. the fifth round's going to be over. And then, I mean, my logic was that uh, Wilder was going to have to end it early if he was going to win. So I bet Tyson to win, uh, Fury to win by decision. Uh, and then uh, I lost that bet too. Then other ones where I bet he'd win in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. I didn't think he'd have the power to knock him out after that. So uh, yeah, I buy. A, of course, there was like a seventeen-second count on that second knockdown, which stunk. But uh, yeah. well, had they counted correctly, I would have won six thousand so. dollars. Why? Why is nobody bringing that up? I thought afterwards it was going to be like the Tyson. Uh, was it Tyson versus when Buster Douglas? Buster yeah, Douglas. How, everyone's like, oh, the count. Why is nobody bringing up the slow count? Dude, it was easily, what, 14 seconds? At least. I counted 14. So, I don't know. But it was amazing. And yeah, I, but I, you're I, also counting like someone who's about to lose money. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Why is he still not wearing the cabinet? <laughs> uh, you got a point there. I once again had a $10,000 dog in the fight. Oh, my God. In case you didn't hear that the first time. But Tyson Fury, I mean, I don't know who's going to beat him. Unless he goes does drugs again and, you know, Balloons up to whatever, 500 pounds and parties too much like the last time. I, who's going to beat this guy? I think Anthony Joshua could beat him, but I don't think he will. But I think he's got what it takes to do it. So. But here's when I thought Deontay Wilder had a problem. He went into the fight going, look, all I got to do is I just need one, you know, be perfect for 10 seconds to knock him out. He basically, his last couple fights have like, I don't care how many rounds I lose because eventually I'm going to catch you. That's got to be one of the worst game plans in any – Terrible strategy. It seems like that's like the Black Beast strategy. That's uh, Wilder. Like, why not try to win the rounds? And then if you knock him out, great. If not, whatever. But it, he just gets completely tired trying to land that big haymaker. And, He's got two punches, a step jab to the body and the right hand that he hesitates six times before he throws it, like walking towards you. Like, yeah. Oh, right. Swing, but it's a – now, what would, yeah, it was frustrating. Now, if you were training Wilder, what, what would you tell him? Uh, I think, you know, he didn't start boxing until he was 19 or 20 years old, something like that, like uh, ended up getting a bronze medal in the Olympics. So he's really athletic. But I think at this point, he's 35. He is who he's going to be. It's, it's hard to pick up anything when you don't start until that late, especially boxing. You know, like, it, uh, 
But I, he's athletic enough. He, if he had a good jab, it'd change everything, but he doesn't. He's got a right hand, and that's it. And unfortunately, when you fight 35 to 40 bums on your way up, and the right hand always works, it's kind of like me with submissions when I'm fighting until I get to the UFC. And they're like, oh, turns out this guy isn't 400 pounds and has never fought before. So, <laughs> so yeah. That's, so, uh, you get uh, that, that. All right. So, over the, uh, two days ago, Chuck Liddell got arrested. Uh, you hear what happened? Yeah. For, uh, uh, yeah, what did he do? Did he get in like a, another street fight with somebody? No, it was uh, domestic violence. Uh, uh, oh. well, the, the, the cops came and arrested him. Now, according to him, he was the one getting beat up by his wife. The cops <laughs> came and said, we have to bring somebody in. So he took the fall and he got arrested because they had to bring somebody in. Um, Adam, I'll be honest with you. I saw his fight with Tito Ortiz and that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he wasn't trying to win, but his wife may have got the better of him drop. No, no, I thought first when I first read this, I'm like, that's is that how this works? Like they have to That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I don't think they have to take somebody in. That is I think that's fundamentally not true. According to the comment I, under it, that is those are the rules. People are like, I, I, that's so no that's a law now. That's a law. If they go out for domestic violence, somebody calls someone has to be arrested because otherwise you got Women like uh, my ex-wife who call the police every time they don't get their way. Like you, they don't let you say something they don't like, I'll call the cops, you know, whatever. Well, so. and, I think, and I think the other part of that is if they leave and then something bad happens that's worse, yeah, then, that. then then I, actually I can see where this would be true. Because, yeah, if you, you're like, okay, you guys are fine, then something really bad happens, you got to come back. Now you're suing the city, saying you were there, but you didn't take action. And I think it probably is just a matter of a cool, making sure there's a cooling off period before you leave these two people alone together again. So I can see where that had become a rule, especially, you know, we're such a litigious society and people look for any reason to sue any municipality and it ends up costing them a fortune. I can see where they, 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 that's become a thing. So, I mean, but you know what, whoever came up with that excuse, whether it's true or not, uh, is brilliant. Cause now everyone's like, you're a great guy. <laughs> Like, right. It's so noble of you. <laughs> like, I hope she gets help. Uh, it seems like that should, but uh, I think it, it's uh, just Chuck Liddell once again trying to outdo John Jones. Like, really, you can get in trouble. I can get arrested and be the victim. So, how do you like that? That's, right. Listen, that is an achievement for a fighter to be like, she's beating me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, I know I'm a trained fighter, world champion. Yes. <laughs> But my wife is whooping my ass. <laughs> so, All right, I don't know. Maybe. I with the family because I've I've met the kids before. And it's it's a, it's a really really sweet family. So I hope they get the help. But man, and they live in Hidden Hills too, which is like that is a, the the nicest. Which kid. makes it harder for the cops to find their house. Oh my god! I was gonna say the exact same thing. <laughs> exactly. I know <laughs> it was sitting out there for so long. I'm like, anyone gonna pick this up? Nobody else. Have you been to Hidden Hills? Right. Have you been to Hidden Hills? No. Oh, Hidden Hill. It. It's like a gated community where like Kanye, Chris Brown, Russell Peters was living there. Uh, Tori and like Dean, like uh, all it's a really like beyond expensive. Chuck Liddell. It's crazy there. Like uh, so the domestic abuse should be a regular thing for that community. <laughs> they shouldn't have any problem with that. If they've got Chris Brown and Kanye and everybody else. I was going to say, so they knew the neighborhood pretty well. Right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if the cops went to the wrong house first. And like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're, we're used to coming to this house. Uh, I guess we're going to a different house. It's not Chris Brown's house. It's, okay. like, it's not Kanye's it's house. Own, right. There's like a school there. And like, it's, it's, it's its own thing. Like Hidden Hills is like ridiculous. It's like where the rich, rich, rich people live. Um, Plus Chuck Liddell. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. Dude, his house is insane. Have you seen his house? It's, it's, he did very well for himself. Sorry for that. No, I'm uh, kidding. I'm sure he, I, listen, he's, wor- you know, he's a world famous fighter. I'm sure he did quite well. Yeah. I, I met him at Russell Peters' house. He was telling me a really funny story about, uh, about Kevin Randleman. When, uh, when Randleman was fighting Crow Cop, he was at Mark Coleman. And the night before the fight, they went up to Chuck Liddell and they're like, uh, what do we do tomorrow? What should we do? And they're like, what do you, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, uh, we don't really have a plan. <laughs> really <have> a plan. <laughs> Any advice? <laughs> and then Chuck was like, uh, you want to go all the way in or all the way out against, against Crow Cop? And then like the next day, Randleman knocked him out in like 30 seconds. Literally, that, like, they had no plan. Um, Sounds like they it did. Makes it, hard. <laughs> it makes it hard for your opponent to scout you when you have no plan. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's, uh, what's he planning on doing? Even he doesn't know. We'll see. And, and then, well, like, our, our plan is to uh, get on the bus to the thing at about uh, 1230. Uh, we'll be there at about 1. And uh, we're going to tape his wrist and uh, look forward to the fight. That's the plan. Dude, Randleman's <laughs> wife. I spoke to Randleman's wife, Elizabeth. Nicest woman ever. She's like 6'3". Italian from, from Brooklyn has that thick Brooklyn accent. Like the coolest person. She was telling me one time Kevin had a fight, and uh, right before the fight, he's about to walk out, and he goes, "Oh, my, my corner didn't show up. Will you walk out with me?" And she's like, "No, there's like twenty five thousand people." He's like, "I don't have a corner." So then she's like, "You motherfucker!" So she's walking out like in like a deer in headlights, going, "What the fuck?" And then he goes, "Oh, I don't have a cup." So she has to go back and like ask Dan Henderson, "Hey, uh, can we use your cup?" <laughs> Which of course, like, oh god, <laughs> and like a mouthpiece. <laughs> they had no oh one. my god! <laughs> but the, the best part, though, is he changed the song to be "Here Comes the Bride." So <laughs> it was very romantic <laughs> when they walked out there. That's hilarious. My daughter, you guys know my daughter got married this weekend, right? Congratulations! And uh, you know now, I was at yes. the yeah, I was at the wedding rehearsal, right? And uh, they said we need grandparents to line up because we're going through the procession, you know, who's going first or whatever. And uh, my father's dead. Thanks for bringing that up. But uh, I asked my ex-wife's new husband, I said, hey, do you mind standing in for my dead dad? And uh, he goes, oh, okay, like he didn't know I was just kidding. He's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. No idea. And so after he did, I think he started realizing, wait, why am I standing in if he's not going to be? You know, he's starting to think like he's not he's figuring out, like what's the, because they're trying to figure out that stuff or whatever. And then he came back, he goes, so... Your dad's not going to be here, right? I said, well, he's dead, so I wasn't planning on him being here. And he was like, yeah, uh, okay. Like, he's just too nice a guy to, like, he's like, so you still want, you want me during the wedding? I said, no, no, just for tonight. And just to throw him off. It was great. He doesn't know you well. You know, here's the thing about your, your joking. Uh, (laughs) There's something about your jokes that the tone sound exactly the same as your threats. So... (laughs) It's hard to tell <laughs> if when you're joking and when you're threatening somebody's right. life. That's by so, design. It works. Listen, it works. His, his jokes. It's like when he was uh, when he was on a, a military base with James Krause in the middle of like the Indian Ocean, right? To, to get on this like, he goes, they're like, hey, do you, are you smuggling any whatever? He goes, I don't, but uh, this guy's an international dick smuggler. <laughs> yeah, no. I uh, I pulled I pulled the head security guy. He had a machine gun and everything. I said, "Hey, can I talk to you?" And he was like, "Sure." But, uh, Here we go. See, Zach Cummings. Oh, I said, uh, "Zach over there." Uh, I said, "He's been known to be part of an international cop smuggling ring." I said, "So he could have three or four in his ass right now. We would have no idea." I said, "You might want to check him before he gets on the sub." And the guy's like, "Are you serious?" And I was like, "Not really. Like, I'm, 
don't think he's trying to smuggle dicks onto the thing, but I was like, but yeah, I got a real good talking to on about that. They, were, they wouldn't let yeah, me Yeah, because, you know, they're kind of on duty. And yeah. it's <laughs> kind of, nuclear, and it's kind of their solemn oath to take that seriously. Yeah. I got I got barred on that same trip. I got barred from one of the bases because they asked me if I had any ties to Al Qaeda or whoever, like some other, you know, Taliban, whatever. And I was like, oh yes, I keep all that off base. I, I don't bring it. <laughs> and in my terrorist activities on base, they were like, now you can't come in. And I'm like, I was just joking. He said, you can't. I said, why do you ask? No one would admit it. He goes, I guess if you ask and they say no, then it's a federal crime in addition to whatever they've done for lying to us. You know, thing where, but yeah, I literally could not go on that part of the tour. I had to just sit there. Dude, I and then I got in trouble on something else. But. I heard James Cross wanted to kill you. Like I heard at first, like they were laughing, and then by like day three, you like, yeah. He goes up to him, right? He they have no idea who he is. He's a six foot eight guy. He goes, "Hey, my name's McCorkle. What kind of steroids are you guys on?" <laughs> it was uh it was awesome. well it wasn't that part it's when he started naming all the ones that they could be on and he hit a few that they were <laughs> right a few nerds and then they were like hey 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 this guy knows too much the best part was when did i tell you guys i may have told this i won't tell it again if so did i tell you guys about when i got in trouble because of the suicide that had taken place there uh the week the few days before no they had the, the I'm sure island. you handled it with the greatest sense. <laughs> right. This island is called Diego Garcia. It's in the middle of the Indian Ocean, and the British the British actually own it. We have a base there, but they're the police force. So this guy was telling us they found one of the soldiers had committed suicide, they thought, the day before, but then they found out uh, it was an accident. He accidentally hung himself. And I said, how do you find that out? He said, because there was an orange there that was half bitten into. And I was like, I'm sorry, I got, what does that mean? I don't understand. He goes, well... When guys are jerking off, they'll hang themselves, like choke themselves and bite into an orange as they climax. I guess citrus makes it better or something. I don't know. Like, I can't imagine. I haven't tried it yet, um, but it's on my bucket list. But uh, they said that. So we thought it was funny and odd at the same time. So the next day, we're on a like an aircraft carrier, and the, one of the colonel, real gung-ho colonel, comes out, like most masculine man ever. Sorry, who wants to choke me out? I was like, dude, I don't, I don't want to hurt you. He's like, oh, nobody's gonna hurt me, and I was like, I'm afraid I will literally hurt you. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not good at chokes like that. So James Krause agrees to choking just to where he's about to pass out and stop because James is real good at chokes. And so we're in the cafeteria when they're doing this, and James starts to choke him, and I picked up an orange off the cart and I said, here, bite on this, enjoy it like before, <laughs> uh, like as he does it, and it was just silence for like three or four seconds, and I was like, and the girl, if looks could kill, the girl that was leading the tour would have murdered me ten times, right there, <laughs> laser beam looking at me, and then the whole ship erupted like people lost started laughing and then uh yeah i got a talking to about that one too that was the day after i got in trouble with uh the attack dog thing it's a long story but it, uh, and that they, they was didn't... when he started explaining his jokes <laughs> right <laughs> i was like you know because that guy died right <laughs> but yeah that was a good trip uh so let's talk about some <laughs> but yeah that was a good trip you guys all watch you guys also watch the fights over the weekend there were some yeah, Mackenzie Dern, you watch those fights, right? Oh, no. no I, uh, I've got a policy, man. I don't, I don't watch anything where the headliner doesn't have a penis. So uh, I don't watch that. I didn't watch Brendan Schaub's comedy special. Like, things like that. <laughs> what are we on? We've got to be at like six for today. The, <laughs> Already the counter, today. The counter's right, off the charts. I mean, right, but well, now, now, here's the thing. I, I actually, I remember thinking to myself, were there any fights this weekend? And then when I saw it was the Mackenzie Dern fight, I was like, oh, no, there weren't. You know, there weren't. <laughs> so, 
Make no, I'm kidding. Now they were. I thought honestly, I thought it was old. I thought I, I thought they, I thought they didn't have any fights because they were up against the the Fury Wilder fights. That's I, I literally what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there were some fights. Mackenzie Dern actually, you know, she's amazing at jujitsu. She's world class. Like she's a, basically, I guess, a prodigy. Her dad was a star, and it was it became like a UFC one fight where every time it went to the ground, McDern would almost finish her, but then she decided to keep it standing and it would lose the rounds that it didn't go to the ground. And I don't understand why. I know she was training with Bubba Jenkins for a while and some good wrestlers, really good wrestlers, but she seems to got away from that because it was like she had no way to get it to the ground, which if I'm her coach, I'm shooting doubles all day. I'm doing, I'm doing three hours hey, of double legs. That's all we're doing. I've, I've said that for years. Like when you got, um, what's uh, Hicks and Gracie's sons? I can't ever remember his, his, his son that still competes his name. Oh, uh, Cron Gracie? Yeah, Cron Gracie. Like, when you're as good at jiu-jitsu as him, why don't you just work takedowns? You don't even have to work your jiu-jitsu anymore. You're going to be better than anybody. Why yeah. not just work takedown after takedown? I don't understand it. But they, they get out there. They can't take anybody down. But if they could, they would win in three seconds. So it's and, like, and, I mean, it was basically she was, like, kind of pulling guard and, and trying to, like, do some crazy stuff to get at the ground. I'm just like – and they're like, well, she's not really that good at wrestling. I'm like – well, you know that. So let's get her an All-American wrestling coach and two are doing two hours a day on takedowns to the point where it's yeah. – because if, she, if and when she does that, she's going to be unbeatable. But uh, unfortunately, she was, her striking was not as good as this other girl, and, uh, and that was that. Uh, she, she ended up losing 49-46, 49-46. The round she won, she really won because it was on the ground. Uh, I, I got. I got to tell you, Adam, uh, your recap of the fight kind of makes me feel better about my decision. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a bad fight. Right. It was exciting because you were wondering is she going to get to the crowd, but it became almost like a UFC one fight, a UFC two, where you got a jiu-jitsu guy versus striker. Uh, Jared Gooden uh, lost his, his fight, but could take a punch. Tim Elliott uh, was a guy I was rooting for because he's now married to, to Gina, and I know Gina, and I know Tim, the nice people. Um, uh, he he won the first, lost the second. I thought he was winning. It was one of those fights, Greg, where you're like, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty obvious he lost the third, but he thought he won the fight because the first the first two could have went his way, um, but it was like, ugh, because he had like it was like two minutes left, and he decided to stay on the ground and just kind of try submissions from his back, and you're just like, ugh. I'll tell you who who, who looked great was uh, this girl Maria Akapova. For Sabina Mazo, this is a girl that um, is a monster. She she she's got and she she called out some other girl that um, said that she was on drugs. Basically, some girl said that like at American Top Team, she showed up. Future like, oh, champion. I was gonna say which drugs. Hold on, hold on. I, this is what to go. Hold on, Agapova. Talk for a second. I'm gonna find out what this girl said. Because it's actually funny. Uh, why does Agapova... So, so, Greg, how do you critique Brendan Schaub's stand-up comedy? <laughs> uh, by not watching it. You'll get so, more laughs that way. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Mara Morose. Okay, so she called out Mara Morose because this girl was talking shit on the internet, right? So, Agapova's the girl who was like, I think riding a bike because she couldn't afford a car to the gym. She was looking great. She lost her last fight, and like a, a huge underdog. But she basically, this other girl wrote, um, uh, she was under the influence of drugs. She threatened the boys and they threw her out of the gym. Because 
he was threatening to stab, uh, she was threatening to stab him and whatnot. This is a girl she called it afterwards, another girl that she wants to fight. Uh, he, he also stalked the wife of a fighter who was pregnant, also threatened to stab. In general, the police called her four times already here. He broke the doors and that's it. Uh, many tried to help her out of the hole that she kept climbing through, climbing. He came to train after the club, I guess her boyfriend, after all these drugs. Her, his pupils were dilated all the time. And then when the coach said, I need to be in a relationship with her, I replied that I could not work with her. She was crazy. She behaves inappropriately. She can swing her elbow to hit you and then say, oh, I'm sorry. I don't understand. And yes, they kicked her out of the gym. So that's the girl she wants to... <laughs> Sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> I'm completely lost, but I think those two people should fight, whoever you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you lost me about, thank you. I'm glad you also got, I'm like, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. But, you know, if you tell me it's UFC, I'm going to just be all right. Like, all right. I, honestly, I love it when people from Eastern Europe talk shit to each other using English because they go right to the point. <laughs> but there's all these, yeah. like, all these words are missed. They're like, yeah, uh, she's stupid drug addict, whore, who fuck everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, with, with a limited vocabulary, you got to get... You really, yeah, you really just get the bullet points. It's like when Khabib goes, what he said to Connor, send me location, I'll fight you. Like, that was like the best, send me location. When, when he told Connor, <laughs> send me where, <laughs> and he would have showed up by himself. Absolutely, like, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Those those people from Dagestan or wherever she's from, they don't fuck around. But they're they're so funny when they talk because they cut out all the bullshit. Like yeah, she show up on drugs. Her boyfriend uh, is a fucking psychopath. Uh, he it's the best. I love it. I fucking love it. Um, Reminds me of shop stand up comedy. If you just finish it with what the fuck. So Greg Hector <laughs> Hector Lombard is now fighting the guy. That came that he punched in the face. Remember that guy that came into Barrow? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's fighting that guy. Uh, when does that happen? I'm I'm watching that. When does that happen? I was gonna say oh, that now we're finally we're talking about some fights. Jesus Christ. Okay, November. Uh, Hector Jr. Are you gonna win this fight? I win every fight. <laughs> I win the fight this morning. The ketchup bottle. It didn't want to open because the ketchup is made by the elites who don't want the working man to have the ketchup on the egg. So I tell you, I break the bottle, I break the bottle, and I have the ketchup, and he will be my next bottle of ketchup. Wow, all right. So after you fight that guy, you're going to get him. Now, now Don Fry, you had successful surgery uh, in South America. Uh, we have Greg Fry to tell us what happened. Greg Fry, how was your trip to South America? Man, good. I love that fight. I'm down there. I tell you, it's weird. It's like they got a different word for everything. It's weird. I don't know fucking word they say down there. But they held me out. They, they took a they barbed wire and they put it in my mouth and they dragged it all the way to my butthole. And they, uh, they just kind of like they flossed me. They just flossed me real good. And after that, I, I, I bled a little from my nose, my mouth, my dick, and my rectum. But I think that's all the best I'll get about now. Wow. I find it. <laughs> Go ahead. Sean, I'm speaking to Oh, I was just going to say, I find it odd. that It's obvious Greg doesn't practice those all the time, but they still get better every week. Like, he still, it gets more and more like Hector every week. It's weird. Uh, now, did you see Don's video, Sean? Does he what? You see the video that, that Don Fry posted? 
No, no, I talked to him a little bit, but I haven't, uh, I haven't seen a video. He's walking great. He's happy. He doesn't need a wheelchair anymore. I'm, uh, he says he, it's, it, they, they, they like cured him. So they, they say it's amazing, man. I know, uh, he said, uh, I've done a lot of research. I said it's even better over six months. Like you just get exponential results. So I'm gonna wait a few more months and see how he feels. And I may just go do it, man. I don't know. Um, I gotta tell were, you, it it would be the best bet you'd make. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and gamble on some on some stem cells instead of, uh, you know, that's the thing. I know you're not the only gambler I know. I know a few guys who are, who are pretty good gamblers. It's amazing when you hear you guys talk. It's like the the whole the whole you know reality of the fight disappears, and it becomes about where you can make money. Oh, absolutely, and, yeah. And it's like it's like well, you don't understand. The odds were fantastic. If I would, I if I would have won, I would have won seventeen thousand dollars. Like, yes, but there's a reason. Those right. odds were fantastic <laughs> because they're like, well, yeah, what, you know what? Give us give us a thousand free dollars, and if by some miracle this goes away, we'll give you seventeen thousand back. There's a reason those odds. Yeah, my par. I had I had a parlay this weekend because uh, I was in Vegas. So I'm like, I had a great week. I'm like. And it was, uh, I had four out of six. Four out of six uh, came in. I feel like that's always the number. I had a six, yeah. 40 bucks would have won me 1,500. Uh, the, the one that didn't come through was the Charles Rosa fight versus Damon Jackson. Uh, and then, but this guy Romanov, uh, he beat Jared Venera. He's the guy that was like the Olympian. Uh, he, the last fight he had, Greg, it was like he won by disqualification. They were both. Right. Well, he came back with a vengeance. This dude's going to be a problem for most of the people in the heavyweight division because his wrestling is that good. His striking is eh. So if it, get, it might be like a Curtis Blade situation where he has to wrestle every fight, but uh, I'm curious. Uh, so this week, coming up, by the way, uh, the contender this week, we have Aspen Ladd versus Norma Dumont is the main event this Saturday. Uh, it was supposed to be Holly Holm. Holly pulled out. Aspen Ladd is a girl who's 9-1, and one, but I guess 0-4 against the scale. She missed weight by like four pounds. Oh, Jesus. And said it was her period because of her period, uh, which I'm sure is possible. Uh, but um, she's 9-1 fighting, fighting Norma Dumont, who's 6-1. Who's uh, who, who do you like in this fight, guys? <laughs> I think it's amazing that a woman is using a, like her period as an excuse for something else, like instead of a uh... – like, you know what I mean? Like, well, sorry, I stole all your money. It's my period. But um, I would say when uh, when Lad and Wuhan are fighting or Dumont or whoever, like, that's when you know you got you to gotta check it out. Like, I'm going to set my DVR because those two huge names main event. And especially you know, being I said, I, I wrote a tweet, like, big deal. Dominic Cruz, Dominic Cruz fought on his period, you know, 19 times. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. I sent it to Dominic. He retweeted it because he knows how much. <laughs> yeah, because he actually liked that. He's a really funny guy. He's what? Just, okay. Yeah. Why some is people it would even say a funny boy? Oh, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I said some people would even call him a funny boy. Sorry. No, he's a funny guy. He just happens to be like an uptight, like a guy who's annoyed by the whole world, but he's that way to everybody. He's just like an uptight guy who just doesn't like people, uh, which is why I, I like him. He's just that's that's him. That's uh, but um, yeah. So you know, I when I look at this headlining match, I just wonder. Okay, so what other event is going on this weekend that is making us see this? <laughs> oh, <God>. This <laughs> is just like 
is is is, is Wilder and, and and Fury fighting again? No, there's some good ones. Andre Arlovsky. I know, but why isn't the Orlovsky fight the headliner? I mean, let's, at least you got a little name value there. It's a heavyweight fight. There'll probably be a knockout. I mean, do we really need five rounds of Aspen Lad versus Norma Dumont? <laughs> Are you fucking with me, man? The world has been calling I, for it for years. Yeah, like finally Aspen Lad versus. Oh, I'm by sorry. The way. When Holly Holm, no, when Holly Holm backs out, this is no longer a headliner fight. She was the headliner. She's not in the fight. This thing gets demoted. This is pure silliness. What are we doing, guys? By the way, Greg, uh, I had to not defend you, but I had to say, so last week we had Pat uh, Pat on the, uh, you know. Militich, yeah. Yeah, on the, on the podcast. And he said that he heard that you were trashing him after he got off. I explained that you did not trash him. All you did was say, uh, if he's not a Trump supporter, why go to the rally? Uh, and that you wanted to ask the question. And, yeah. and, that, and that you then maybe trashed some of the people that stormed the Capitol, but you didn't trash him at all. Yeah. So that's what happened, correct? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah that was my one thing. I, that was the one question I wanted to ask him. But I felt like it had already been covered because I was there late and I didn't want to, you know, come in and repeat something that had already been said. So I just, I didn't ask that question. That was it. That was my one question about yeah, so it. That was like Greg to start working on a Militich impression to start doing and then no, we can uh, we did have not, a bad uh, Hector. We did not trash Pat Belichick at all. Uh, Greg, yeah, no. So yeah, that's uh, that got taken out of context, hundred um, percent. So also Mar Julian Marquez, who's a great guy. He's the one that was working at Top Golf. Hey, wait a minute. By the way, if you spoke to him about it, what was his answer then to that he goes, question? Oh. He goes, "Oh, thanks for clarifying." Uh, oh no, he didn't answer the question. He just hit me up on on. He goes, "Hey, so somebody told me that your co-host was being was saying rotten things about me." I said, "No, not at all." He wasn't saying rotten things at all. He he just had a question. And he was saying rotten things about people who stormed the Capitol building. Uh, yeah, I think Pat and Greg would really get along. Honestly, I really do. I think they really like each other, other than politically. But I mean, like as, as people, I think they both would like each other. Let's I, talk about the Raiders, by the way, because look, as much as like John Gooden should, should not have said those things, right? John Goodman, John Gruden, John Gooden, is it John? Is that Gruden. John Gruden? You said John, John Goodman. Gruden. John Goodman. Yeah. When he was King Ralph. Uh, but don't you think that uh, emails, like, what are we doing here? Like, why are, was, was it a, wasn't it a private email? They sent someone, someone just like, yeah. fired. I, come on. That seems. A like private email from 10 years ago. Like, no less. Like, it just, and he was, I'm sure he was just joking with a friend of his. I tell, dude, I tell you what, if everyone in the world who ever said queer referring to a gay guy, if, if you had ever said it, thought of anything, you should resign too. Like everybody in the world, no one's gonna have a job if every single thing is politically incorrect. What kind of in your friends, history is fair what, game. What kind of friends does he have that are like sending these emails to the press? Uh, yeah, are, saving them for ten years. I mean, is his is his phone hacked, did, 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 or his computer got hacked? Did, did he sell a laptop that had old emails on it? Like, wh why would that person do that? Greg? You know well, mean? and that is the question. I mean, these are emails that are sent to, I guess, the president of, of which, by the way, at that time, the Washington Redskins. So I love that the guy who worked for the Redskins <laughs> is calling the other guy a racist. racist. That, that, to me, is, is like, like, are we not seeing the irony here? Is there not anyone aware of the fact that the guy from the Redskins who didn't want to change the name is outing the other guy as a racist? Like, oh my God, okay, I give up. That's why I'm like, don't be famous, man. Fame is ruined, fame is toxic. You don't want that, it's a waste. It just seems like people that are going around like sending emails to the press going, fire this guy, he made this comment. It's like, come on, dude. Like, that's Well, and it's all out of context. 
And I'm not trying to defend what he said, but it's just like, maybe he was kidding. Maybe this is a guy and this is the kind of jokes they make. You know, we don't know the relationship. And he thought, this is, yeah, I'm just kidding. I could tell it to this guy. I mean, he runs the Redskins. I feel like, you know, again, not that I'm defending the material or anything else. I'm just saying that, you know, these were private emails that he obviously thought he was joking with. So, you know, like, okay, you know, yeah, everyone has said inappropriate shit at some point. That's the other thing. Everyone thinks they're so above reproach. Right. And it's like, you know, everybody has got some shit back there that can be taken out of context. And now your life is ruined. And this is just the world we live in. It's like everyone's sitting on a ticking time bomb of their past. You know, I feel like the internet, we need, can we just flush it and just start over? Do you think he should be fired for this? I, I think he should have resigned and he did resign. So, you know, that's, that's what should have happened. You know, because he's lost the faith of of his players. There's no way those guys want to play for him anymore. You know, I mean, you're talking, yeah. For, 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 what do you say? He said we shouldn't be a female. What exactly did he say? Well, he called guess, someone a pussy, which I guess is the end of the world. He, he uh, called. Well, he called the commissioner of the league, Roger Goodell, a, a you know, an f bomb, the gay f bomb. Yeah. And then, which is a word that you know we used to use all the time. Right. Who's uh, not gay, by the way? It doesn't like you say it to a gay guy. Like, just, but he was saying it, and, and you know, saying that he was anti-football. And a pussy. And then the, the uh, Maurice, whatever, the guy, the head of the NFLPA, he, he made a, you know, talking about his big lips, you know, saying that they were the size of Michelin tires. That's what he said. Oh. And yeah. And it's like the problem you have there is, you know, I mean, you know, you got a 53-man roster. 51 of them are going to take that very personally. That's so, you know, and then the other one is the gay player, the one, two of his white players, one's the gay guy. So, I mean, he's, he's pretty much, you know, when you alienate your team, you can't leave them anymore. They're not going to play hard for you. I think he knew that. I think, you know, the writing was on the wall in that regard. And so he did the right thing and resigned. But I mean, like, you know, uh, it's just, the, I, are we all, I mean, that's the thing. Everything we've ever done now comes under review the second you get famous. And it's like, look, these are jokes maybe that I made to somebody personally. I didn't say them. You know, I didn't go out there. And, you know, yeah. so who knows? I mean, it, it's tough, man. It's tough. I'm not justifying what he said. I'm not, but, but this is the world we live in. And I don't think, and, and that's the thing is, I, I don't think anybody who's accusing me of anything, if they come under the microscope the same way, would survive it either. Every single person would, every single person has something back there that even you probably forgot about it. You think you're so, you know, above reproach. Oh yeah. Someone's got something. I bet somebody does. It's just, nobody gives a shit about you yet. The funniest is like when you're watching a baseball. Which is my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You've tried real hard, McCorkle, real hard to get canceled. And they just, nobody gives a shit. (laughs) No one cares. I do have a question for you guys, and I'm being serious. Maybe you can explain it to me. You know how, like, Bill Burr has the whole skit or bit, what a fag, like, you know, like, that's what it's titled? Not only is that still on YouTube, he's never been canceled for saying that. It's the most homophobic thing of all time. Then you got, like, Dr. Dre, who got honored by USC for giving them a million dollars or whatever. He has said the most terrible thing about homosexuals you've ever heard in your life is rap songs. He's never apologized. He's never gone back so, like, what is it? Certain people say with Snoop Dogg, you're just immune to it. You can just do whatever you want. How about Howard Stern? Howard Stern's on TV judging talent now, which is yeah. ironic. But Howard you Stern has said and done, now. yeah, the most uh, horrific things about women, about gays, about anything. He had Gary the retard on that. 
you know what I mean? Yeah, whatever I, think, called the, it, like I this. think the only way to do it is if you don't apologize. I think like, uh, absolutely. And, 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 also, and if you have it. your own, and, and if you have your own fan base, like Adam Carolla is a perfect example of somebody who says like all kinds of stuff. He's like, what are you going to do? My subscribers are not going to abandon me. So, and, and, right. and, I'm, and I'm not on any network. So that's really the, the only way to kind of be above it all. And um, then they leave you alone. If you want to apologize, they leave you alone. One of the, like, funniest, okay, the funniest is when you're watching a baseball game, though, like in the second like inning, like an older guy will be like, yeah, you know, that guy. And like some guy like made like a 40 acres and a mule comment. And then like in the eighth inning, he goes back on, uh, recently in the second inning, I made a <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you get the well, and that's, that, that's the other thing. I mean, when you represent a corporate entity, then 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 there's a problem, and because you're you're reflecting poorly for them, they can't endorse that kind of behavior. So somebody's got to go. that becomes when you're an individual artist who has his own fan base and creates his own stuff. Then it's a little. Then you don't necessarily have to kowtow the same way, you know. And that's why you know when you look at these specials that they put on, on Netflix and, I, and you're like, this isn't that funny. Well, again, it isn't about funny anymore. It's about who's an unassailable voice. Who's a voice that we can put on there and be like, huh, look at us, look what we did. Huh? We're all the right people, we love everybody. You know, and so they're not gonna put somebody on there that's gonna put their brand at risk. And I understand that, that's business. Or if they do with someone as big as Dave Chappelle, well, they'll know they get millions and millions of people. Uh, right. There was, was, by the way, was, um, Norm McDonald was the funniest though. When Norm made, I think it was during the Me Too thing, he made a couple comments, and then he went on Howard Stern to apologize, and he's like, "Man, you'd have to have Down syndrome to not get that joke." And he kept saying right. Down syndrome as, and then he had to apologize to the people. Who went to <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, he said he wasn't allowed to say retard anymore, so he started saying Down syndrome like replace it. He knew what he was doing. Though. He could play dumb all you want to know. Yeah, that was to me the funniest. Uh, then he had to apologize to people. Well, you know what he got? I'm sure you guys know what he got in trouble for. He said that he said Louis C.K. should talk to or Roseanne should talk to Louis C.K. because um, he, he knows what it's like to have your career ended in ten minutes, you know, or whatever. And the interviewer's like, "Well, what about the victims?" And he was like, "Well, of course they've been through far worse. What I'm saying is that yeah. they haven't been through that. Like they didn't have their career ended in ten minutes." He goes, "I wasn't saying it was worse." And they're like, "Oh my god." He says that it's worse to be canceled online than it is oh, to be yeah, sexually yeah. solid, you know? Oh, yeah, no. So, I, mean, I, 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 I love it, though, when apologies are more offensive than the actual thing. Yeah, uh, that's always my goal. Even like, even like the baby, like the baby made that like those horrible statements about people like with AIDS, and then his apology was like, "I'm not talking about the dirty people with AIDS." I, I, he's like, "My fans aren't torn." Like, he goes, "My fans." He goes, "They're the they're, they're the they're the clean AIDS." It was something that was like, "Dude, I'm I'm, I'm watching this with my wife," and she goes. Why are we giving these people microphones? Like, why are we like, why are like, these are not? But that was the thing. Like back in the day, you could make you could make comments as a rapper, and you'd make these the most outlandish shit, but it wouldn't get around because there wasn't internet or social media, so you can keep yeah. saying horrible things. But by the time it got to, it didn't matter. Now, if someone says something like "bam," it's over. It's like three seconds later, it's right in front of you. Um, I'm pretty sure social media has destroyed America. You think so? Yeah. Dude, it's, yeah. All joking aside, it's not been good. It's, it really it's, hasn't. I, it's so toxic. And people just say the worst things they would never say in person. I just think that the great experiment needs to be shut down in terms of social media. 
I think it either regulate it or shut it down because I don't think I think a lot more damage has been done than good has been achieved. When I was in China, right? Uh, you know, China they they regulate all social media. Like, there's no yeah. Facebook in China, no Instagram, whatever. So, the women, girls make all this money live streaming shows, right? So, what happened was this. In the beginning, girls were making money. They, they get tipped. It's called like WeChat. So at first, they were putting like showing their tits. It's not the government put that whatever. You can't do that anymore, right? So then they were eating bananas slowly, like and mm. people were then tipping them. Then they go, you can't eat bananas anymore slowly. <laughs> like that was a rule. Like you could not like eat fruit in slow motion. So then next thing I know, they're at my comedy show and and. Uh, and the girls broadcasting it to 95,000 people uh, because they didn't know that that was okay, I guess. But that's basically the government does that. They, they, they censor, they're all around. And, but they're getting around it, of course. They have, they go through a, whatever it's called and then they get on the, you know. All right, fights. Uh, so if I'm hearing you, so if I'm hearing you correctly, I need to slowly eat a banana during this podcast. <laughs> if you want Bruce Buffer to tune in, you do. Uh, I knew that was coming. I did not know that was coming, but I knew something was coming. And probably Bruce That's Buffett. what I was going to say earlier. Uh, so, Listen, um, all I know is next week, tune in to watch me eat a banana. So Julian Marquez <laughs> is taking on Jordan Wright. Julian Marquez is a guy that I met when he was in LFA in Missouri for his whole family. They call him the Cuban Missile Crisis. And then yeah. he got like top golf for a while. Uh, he's been knocking people out. Um, he's nine and two. Doesn't look like a fighter. He's got a, he's got a podcast with uh, Kendra Kendra Lust. I think her name is super hot um, porn star. And after his last fight, he called out Miley Cyrus for a date. Remember, he was like Miley Cyrus right. date Valentine. And Miley right. responded. She said, "Just shave your chest hair into an MC, and I'll go on a date with you." And then, and he refused to do it. He's like, "I'm not doing it." He's like, "That's that was." <laughs> He does. I mean, he is one of those rare fighters that doesn't shave his body hair. And it's so funny because when you watch these fights, you don't really think about the fact that they don't have body hair until they're up against the guy with body hair. And they're like, yeah. well, that's fucking weird. So he's fighting a guy, Jordan Wright. They call him the Beverly Hills Ninja because he's a karate guy from Beverly yeah. Hills. Also not look like a fighter, but he's 12 and 1. Uh, fully shaved. <laughs> fully shaved. And so the, the one guy is a karate guy from Beverly Hills. They call him Beverly Hills Ninja. The other guy is Cuban Missile Crisis. So what exactly? Where is he from, and what does he do? <laughs> also, Bellator this week. Uh, another secret event they're having. Um, they're having Vadim Nemkov, who is the champion, badass late heavyweight. He's fighting Julius Angelikas, who stepped in because uh, Anthony Johnson got hurt. We don't know what's wrong with Anthony Johnson. But he's in the hospital. It seems like he's got some serious problems. Um, do you think that could be happen from from the? What do you think? Do you know anything about that, Sean? What, what's wrong with him? I haven't even heard anything about it. I know he's a super nice guy, man. I uh, I was talking to him one time at a fight in Miami. He thought I was trying to make fun of him, but it got really awkward. Like he thought I was because I was like uh, I saw him. I said, "Dude, you are massive." And I didn't mean because he had missed weight a bunch. I didn't mean he was fat. He's like ripped. And I said, "Did you ever actually make one seventy? He's like, oh, yeah, funny, man. I was like, no, seriously, did you ever actually make it? Because I guess he had just missed it like three times. But I was asking if he had ever made 170 at his size. Like, I was just like, how in the world? But uh, I just kept saying, dude, I actually want to know if you ever made 170. He's like, yeah, I got it the first time. I was like, if this was a joke, I'd be explaining it to you. But, uh, <laughs> oh, man, that's, yeah. 
Well, I, oh, I hope he's all right. Uh, I like Anthony Johnson. Also, Ryan. You, know, you always know how to ask the questions people really want to hear. They. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> also, Ryan Bader taking on Corey Anderson. Uh, that should be a good fight, a really good fight. Uh, Ryan Bader was the heavyweight champion and the 205 champion. Uh, and Corey Anderson's a guy who came from the UFC who like would win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Uh, ben Henderson taking on Brent Primus. Uh, that should be a good fight. Uh, ben Henderson still the man. Henry Corrales is taking on Vladsiav Parushchenko. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, all going down Saturday. Um, so Bellator's basically putting together the same card as Ultimate Fight Night 25 in 2004. <laughs> that sounds right. Sure yeah. every, every one of those guys fought 15 years ago in the UFC. Yeah, anyway, Benson Anderson, Brian Bader. Did you watch what? Bare knuckle boxing. Joe Rigg knocked out Melvin Gillard in 48 seconds. Uh, knocked him through I, the ropes. Uh, are they even close to the same size? I don't think they're even close, are they? Melvin Gillard did not look like he trained very hard for this fight. Uh, yeah. and, and at first, I thought he took a dive, but he broke like his orbital in like three different places. Uh, Joe Riggs hits that hard uh, in bare knuckle boxing, so he knocked him out of the ring. Uh, and, and Riggs looks that's like what you want. That's what you want a week after someone dies, bare knuckle boxing. You want someone to get knocked out of the ring right after because somebody no died in bare knuckle boxing, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my uh, friend, I forgot I'm friends with, he fought a dude, um, and he died a week later, like, uh, I guess just from I don't know from what, but I, I'm sure it didn't help that he got he left there in a stretcher, went to a coma. So I assume it was from the fight, but that's uh, man, that's tough. Like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I was, I was all bored, bare knuckle boxing. I was going to say, it almost seems like there's a reason they didn't allow bare-knuckle no, boxing. One before. of the problems is yeah. that guy who died was like had like an 8 and 18 record. Uh, yeah. Melvin Gillard has lost nine in a row. Um, they, they keep putting on uh, what Crazy Horse, who's now going by Felony, who lost 14 in a row. <laughs> Uh, they yeah. got to stop with, you know, these guys, even if they have names. Yeah, but it's going to be really great when his nickname becomes Parole. <laughs> 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 That's when he's really going to have his best fights. He loves to. I'm friends with him on Facebook. He'll post a video of like a bunch of black people doing something crazy, and he'll just put white people shake my head. It's the funniest thing ever. Like he always blames a different race. Um, he's also no always, like, he, he also's in love with Angela Hill, and he's always like Angela Hill. I want to eat your asshole. Like just saying the most fucked up things. But like she's not even doesn't even respond to any of it. And plus she's married. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's horrible. They don't call you felony Charles Bennett because you're a karate guy from Beverly Hills. Uh, what do you got, <laughs> Greg? What do you got coming up? I don't know. Oh, Wednesday night, uh, Supernova here in Hollywood, uh, the the hot show in Hollywood. Join me Wednesday night for that, and I don't remember the rest. So that's what's up. <laughs> anything McCorkle? Anything coming up? Oh, I'm building a massive uh, dog kennel though for my puppy. Uh, puppy mill and so it's like as big as a three car garage and I'm just doing it off YouTube videos so I'm sure it'll end up wonderful at the end of the day like oh uh, I'm sure I, even I know, <laughs> yeah I know I know a little bit about framing and carpentry and stuff but it's amazing as you get into building something that in depth you're like hmm, I wonder if I should have reinforced that and start like I don't know it's interesting what can go wrong uh next week I will be in Lansing Michigan at the funny is funny comedy club the 20th to the 24th uh thank you guys so much Take care, guys. Bye-bye. See you, man.